0: Good morning, church. Thank you so much for joining us in worship this morning, this Pentecost Sunday, when we celebrate the Holy Spirit coming into our lives. Thank you again, Pastor Raymond, for being here, for some of your congregation. I've noticed that they are online with us too, so I feel like we're worshiping together this morning. This is great. You know, Carl Bart used to say that pastors were to have a Bible in one hand and a newspaper in the other. And these days, I guess it would be a Bible in one hand and maybe a cell phone in the other as we get our news, however it is that we get our news. And I would not be doing you a service this morning if we did not talk clearly and directly about what is going on in our nation. And I may get emotional because that's who I am. I remember on Monday, I think it was actually Tuesday, I was sitting in my office, and I'd heard some rumors about this name, George Floyd, and I finally Googled it, and I saw the video. And I sat in that office, and I wept. My heart breaking for our world. And I tell you, it hasn't gotten any better. As for day after day, and the racism that we've seen, and we have peaceful protests, but some have chosen to take advantage of the chaos and to riot. But we have a community of people of color in our nation who are crying out and saying that their voices are not being heard. In fact, that's what Martin Luther King Jr. said. Riots are the response when people are not being listened to. Next week is Peace with Justice Sunday. And we always have to work towards peace with justice. Because peace without justice is oppression. So church, I am calling you today as we talk about this passage where Jesus tells us to be salt in this world. Salt which flavors, salt which preserves, and salt which heals. And we're called to be the light to the world, a city on a hill, to shine so brightly that people want to come and know the love of the Father. In church, That's what we're going to do. You see, salt, it provides flavor. And we choose what flavor we add to things. Are you adding flavor of love and of justice into your community? Salt preserves, which is another way to say that salt saves. Now, we believe it's not really us, that it's the power of the Holy Spirit within us. It is the Father in heaven. It is Jesus who saves people. But it is Jesus himself who sent us on the mission to preach the good news of Jesus Christ into the world. And salt heals. Salt in a wound through water, it will purify, it will clean, it will clean out what is corrupt. And so church, we are called to be a healing force in our nation and in the world. This is not optional. We're not talking about salvation. Your salvation is in Christ alone. But it is not optional for the church to be the church, to be salt and we're called to be the light of the world. We don't hide that. We shine brightly. And we love people. You know, Jesus in Matthew seven twelve says he sums up all the law of the prophet by saying, treat others as you yourself would like to be treated. And if you think that George Floyd was being treated the way he would like to be treated, then you are mistaken. You would not want to be put in that situation. Church... We are called to love. As the Father has loved us, we are called to love one another. And we're called to treat one another as we want to be treated. And we're called to seek justice. And it's time that we no longer stand still, but we stand with our brothers and sisters. And just to be clear, I have no no problems with our police force. Most of our police are here to protect and to serve But there is a problem of violence in our nation and taking out violence on people who do not deserve it. And that is something we need to stand against. And I think that we will protect our police officers when we address the issues, the systemic issues of race in our nation. And so today, Christ is calling you to be salt and to be light for the world. Our scripture this morning comes from Matthew chapter 5. Verses 13 through 20. This way he says, You are the salt of the world. But if salt loses its saltiness, how will it become salty again? If that doesn't convict you, I don't know what will. It's good for nothing it's said to be thrown away and trampled under people's feet. So if you do not flavor, if you do not preserve, if you do not heal, then it's saying you have lost your saltiness. You are the light of the world. A city on the top of a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. Instead, they put it on a lampstand and it shines on all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before people so they can see the good things you do and praise your Father who is in heaven. You know, there's two things about Jesus that I want to point out this morning. The first is that he is one of the most revolutionary figures in the history of the world. Michael Grant says this, The most potent figure, not only in the history of religion, but in the history of the whole world, is Jesus Christ. And he didn't do it by picking up a sword. He didn't write anything down. He wasn't a politician. He gathered 12 people, and he poured his life into them. And he taught them that they were to be salt and light in the world. The second thing I need to remind you this morning is that Jesus was a Jewish man. And that Jesus was fulfilling the mission that God had always put for the Jewish people. They were to be a nation of priests. It's why God sent Jonah to Nineveh, to the Assyrians. They were the enemies of the Jewish people. And that's why he was so reluctant to go. He didn't want them to be saved. And we too are called to go to people that we disagree with. People that we're in conflict with. And love them as Christ loves us. There are no excuses, church. We are called to be salt and to be light for this world, to every person we meet. You know, Jesus, in this Sermon on the Mount, what he's doing is he's not erasing the law of the Old Testament. Now, we will come to know that we don't follow the laws of the Old Testament anymore, all of those laws. Paul will even say that the law was placed to show that you could not achieve righteousness on your own that only through Jesus could you do that. A bunch of, following a bunch of rules doesn't work. So what the Sermon on the Mount is about is to get to the heart of the matter, to get to our heart, and that if we are going to follow Christ, if we're going to be salty, if we're going to be full of light, we have to eliminate the desire to sin. We've got to get the root of the problem, and we've got to evict it from our lives, not just follow a bunch of rules. We've got to have passion. We've got to have a heart for God, the greatest commandment to love the lord your god with all your heart, your mind, your soul and your strength. If you do that, there is no room for sin in your life. And then the second which is like the first, which is to love the lord or love your neighbor as you love yourself, which also requires you to love yourself. And then Jesus says, all the law of the prophets. All the law of the prophets can be summed up in this one line. Matthew 7:12. Treat others as you yourself want to be treated. Church, he's making it easy for us. If you have a passion for God, and you love the people that God loves, which is everyone, but especially the poor, the oppressed, the broken, the lost. Remember what we talked about last week? Blessed are the poor in spirit. That is the announcement that Jesus makes at the beginning of his sermon on the mount. Blessed are the lost and the lonely and the broken And blessed those in America who are hurting today. Because time and again, we have told them that their life does not matter. We're called to be salt and light. So what does that look like for us? As I said, salt flavors. It preserves and it heals. And I ask you the question, what flavor are you putting in the community around you? Paul lays this out very clearly in, the, in Galatians chapter 5. I love this passage. First, he tells us in verse 14, all the law has been fulfilled in a single statement. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour each other, be careful that you don't get eaten up by each other. He goes on to say, and he, he lays it out. He says, you can, be a, you can have fruit of the flesh or you can have fruit of the spirit. Which flavor are you? This way he says the fruit of the flesh. Doing whatever feels good, sexual immorality, moral corruption, idolatry, drug use, casting spells, hate, fighting, obsession, losing your temper, competitive opposition, conflict, selfishness, and group rivalry. When you make yourself the core of your life, and it's all about you, and you can do whatever you want because the, the society has told you that if it feels good, do it. That is when you are adding flavor that is not good, that is corruptive in this world. But this is what he says. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That is the flavor that is our saltiness that we add to the community around us. And so I ask you again, what flavor are you bringing into your community what flavor do you add to your family? What flavor do you add to your neighbors? Do you know the people who live around you? Do you know their names? Do you know their faces? Do you know their stories? And if not, why not? What flavor do you add at your kids' school, at your community groups? What flavor do you add at work? Do people know you Are people of love and peace and patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control? Is the world better because you are a part of it? Church, I hope you're squirming a little bit. I hope you're uncomfortable because I hope the Holy Spirit is convicting you just like it's convicting me right now in this moment to stop living for myself, to crucify my desires and start living for Christ. The second thing that, the, that salt does is that it preserves, it heals. I mean, it saves. Salt allows us to cure meat, for example, and preserves it over time. So if we're called to be saltiness, we are called to be messengers of good news. We are told, beautiful are the feet who bring the good news. Are you bringing the good news of Jesus Christ, of what God has done for you, that you may have everlasting life, because Jesus, that God sent his one and only Son, Jesus himself, so that you and I might have life. And if you have said yes to that, and you have been blessed because you no longer have to worry about your eternal destination, if you have been blessed because you have Christ in your life over your sin and your death and your destruction, did you have but one choice? To share that message. Stop holding it to yourself. You know, it has never been easier to invite your friend to church, they don't even have to leave their couch anymore. Have you invited someone to be a part of your life group, your prayer circle, your worship? And if so, why not? Would the good news of Jesus Christ make their life better? And of course, we in the church say, we know it will. Salt saves. It's not our actions. We are simply the messengers. But Jesus has called us to that work. And the final thing that salt does is that it heals. You don't have to agree with everything I'm saying. You don't have to agree with everything about what we see is going on and we see it as the inherent racism in our nation. But what I do call you to do is to listen. Listen to a person of color. I'm reading Just Mercy by Brian Stevens, and it is breaking my heart. If you're not a reader, it's a movie. You can watch it. There are injustices in our nation that have been there since the beginning. Uh, I don't remember who said it, but one person said that slavery is the original sin of America. And we're still dealing with it today. We're still dealing with the consequences of it today. And so church, we are called to heal. And it honestly does not matter if you disagree with me. If there are people who see that they are hurting in the world, what does Christ call us to do? To go to them to love them, to listen to them, and to do whatever we can to heal the injustice that they feel. If we want more riots, we want more violence, then let's keep ignoring the problem. Now, this isn't easy. This is hard work. But the one thing that I invite you to do is to make a friend with someone who is different than you, someone who has different beliefs, someone who has different political viewpoints, someone who is of a different color than you. Because just like Pastor Raymond said, we are all the same on the inside, but we have to work against our prejudices. And the way we do that is by putting a human face on it. Because when we see that another person is a human who is deeply and divinely and wonderfully loved by our God in heaven, it is so much harder to hate. And that doesn't mean that we should hate people who we think are purveying the violence and the injustice. They need love just as much as everyone else. What we don't need is more violence and hate. We need more love because love is the strongest, most powerful, most world-changing force. And so all I'm asking you is to listen and to love. You have been loved in a way that you cannot imagine. The sacrifice that God did so that you might have life. And Jesus says, as God has given you love, so you love love. One, another. Father Church, we are called to be a light, a city on a hill. You know, that's not so everyone can look and and say, look how good I am. Look at all the wonderful things that I've done. But you know these people, these people who shine so brightly in the world, they don't even have to say one thing about what they've done in this life. You just watch them. You want to be around them because you're filled with life when you're with them. We need to have the light of Christ to be shining brightly. Look at people in the face. Let Christ's light shine through your eyes and through your smiles and through your heart. Love people. Be the church. This is not optional. We are the light of the world. Guys, I've been incredibly disheartened this week. I'm the type of person who I want to know that what we do matters. I'm the type of person that believes that the church matters. I'm the type of person that believes that the church matters. And yet, when I see what is going on in our country, it makes me wonder where are we? Where's our saltiness? Where's our light? Are we afraid to stand up for what is right? for good and for justice and for holiness in our country. You know, I think about the disciples at Pentecost who just 40 days before that, when Jesus was arrested, we have Peter, right, who denies Jesus three times. He is terrified and he runs away. We have the disciples on the day in which Jesus is resurrected, hiding in the upper room, terrified. And then Jesus is resurrected. He spends some time with them. And they think that he's going to take over and that he is going to take his rightful place as the king of the world. And then he gathers them in Jerusalem. And he says, I'm leaving this world. Can you imagine what they were feeling as they heard that Jesus was going back to his Father in heaven? And he said, I'm going to trust you with this. I want you to wait in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit. And then you will go and you will share the good news in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so there they were in Jerusalem. These men and women who had been terrified, who had been in hiding, who had no idea of the task that was before them. And the Holy Spirit, the holy fire from heaven comes and comes upon their hearts and their minds. And Peter stands up in Jerusalem, the same place where he had denied Jesus just 40 days Before that. And he stands up and he preaches a sermon about the good news of Jesus. The same place where his Lord and Savior have been arrested, brutally beaten, and murdered. He stands up and he preaches the good news. And it says 3,000 people that day turn to Christ. And then as they started together as a church loving one another, living in community with one another, serving one another, taking care of the poor, reading scripture together, listening to the apostles. It said the Lord added to their number day by day. Church, this is what we need. We need to be animated by the power of the Holy Spirit this morning and every day. And so I hope on this Pentecost Sunday that you will pray that the Holy Spirit come into your heart, that it convicts you on the life you're called to live, that it leads you, that it encourages you to step out even when you are afraid and to be salt and that you are called to add flavor to your community and that you are called to preserve and save and you're called to heal and that as you do these works for your Father who is in heaven, that you let your light shine brightly before all people so they will all come to know the love of the Father for them in heaven. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.